Thank you very much, Simon, for the good introduction. And also, you received an email, uh, some of uh, the questions that uh, we raised. Uh, when you read uh, those emails, probably those are some of the questions that we are trying to answer. And this year's theme is Knowing Christ. And how we see Jesus governs our life. We cannot just believe in Jesus. That is uh, meaningless. We cannot just believe in Jesus. You have to know what you believe in. What about Jesus do you believe in? And uh, who is this Jesus? We cannot be just nominal Christians, but just by name. Oh, I believe in Jesus, but I don't know exactly what my thoughts about Jesus are. So you have to know clearly what you're thinking, what your thoughts about Jesus are. So because we cannot just believe in Jesus. Um, knowing Christ, uh, we studied four Gospels uh, in, 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 in the spring. They did not just describe Jesus' life. Oh, Jesus was born and lived like this, and he died and resurrected. That's not what they did. Uh, what is that? <laughs> That's not what, uh, what they did. They had a very specific understanding of Jesus, and they wanted to express that specific understanding of Jesus through their book. So Mark was written first time, around 68, before 70. Uh, 70 is a very important year. I will uh, talk about it a little bit later. And then Mark, when you read Mark, all throughout Jesus uh, did wonderful miracles. And then people's response was, what sort of man is this? Who is this? That question came out very strongly. In Mark. And then when it comes to Matthew, it starts with genealogy. And then through genealogy, what Matthew was trying to say is this Jesus, we ask questions about this Jesus in Mark, but this Jesus is a fulfillment of the promise that God gave to the Israelites. So genealogy, starting from Abraham, Abraham's promise. And then we go to, uh, go to uh, Luke. Luke has same genealogy, but he doesn't uh, end at uh, the Abraham. He goes further. He goes all the way to Adam. And then the, the, Luke was trying to portray Jesus as being the savior of all humanity. That is what Luke is trying to uh, portray. And when you look at John, which was written around 90s, uh, close to 100. 80, and when it, it goes all the way to the beginning of the cosmos, beginning of the universe, and a pre-existent Christ, and a, he is a Logos. He was right there from the very beginning of creation. So when you look at all these four Gospels, they didn't just write about Jesus' life. They had a clear, specific thoughts and an angle and understanding of Jesus. Now we are interested in what did Paul have in mind 
about Jesus. What was Paul's thinking about Jesus? Why did he believe in Jesus? Because he persecuted Jesus. He persecuted followers of Jesus. And what changed him? What did he find out about this Jesus that he gave all his life? So for eight weeks, we are going to study Paul's thinking about Jesus. And as Simon said, it was very difficult <laughs> because at least Matthew, Mark, Luke, and uh, John, one book that you will study. But Paul's writing is all over the place. And also, these are all letters. And then several uh, the letters that he wrote, and he didn't write systematically. Uh, he, I mean, letters are, you know, specific, right, uh, for that uh, community's context. Uh, so letters, in, in that letter, he doesn't describe, I believe in Jesus in this way. He doesn't say that. He's just describing the issues in those communities. But what we are interested in is not issues. Each community had issues. But how Paul dealt with those issues and how he dealt with his thinking about Jesus governed how he dealt with issues. What we are interested in is lens through which he saw the issues. The lens is his understanding of Jesus. His understanding of Christ kind of guided him to talk about the answer for the issues. So we are not interested in the issues themselves, but we are interested in what thinking, what thought did Paul have about Jesus? That's what we are interested in. So it is a very, very difficult and hard subject because it's not just written there. You have to read between the lines. That's why we call it mirror reading. While you're reading, you understand the background of this uh, thingy, study. Uh, Paul is an important model for all of us because Paul never saw Jesus. Paul never met Jesus, Jesus on earth, like us. He never met historical Jesus. And yet, one-third of the New Testament is either written by Paul or somebody used Paul's name to write or about Paul. For example, when you look at Acts of Apostles, it is written by Luke, but it is more like an Acts of Paul rather than Acts of Apostles. Because you don't see the action of apostles there. You don't even see the names. It's all about Paul. Even St. Peter, even Peter comes out to up to chapter 12. From chapter 12, he disappears. And it's all about Paul. So it uh, can be called X of Paul. So one-third of New Testament is written about Paul or written by Paul. 284 pages of RSV, 109 pages 
is about Paul. 27 books we have in the New Testament and 14 books are to do with Paul. So Paul had a tremendous impact on the gospel, on, on, the, on, on the Bible. He is the main author of the New Testament. Peter, we say he is rock on which church is built. So Catholic uh, believes that Peter is the first pope. So on Peter, the church is built. But in terms of thinking, Paul had the most profound impact on Christianity. For example, uh, in Korean service, we uh, read uh, Apostles' Creed. In English uh, congregation, we don't do that. In Korean congregation, every week we do Apostles' Creed. And Apostles' Creed is very much about Paul. It's Paul's idea, Paul's theology. All the theology that you have, all the ideas that you have about Christianity, is Paul's idea. About sin, forgiveness, righteousness, reconciliation, justification, grace, death, it's all Paul's idea. The, the other uh, disciples, they, they didn't talk about these things. It is all, all Paul who talked about these things. Last 2,000 years, Paul's thinking governed civilization. Not only Christians, even non-Christians, artists, and all kinds of uh, thinkers. And uh, these people, Paul influenced all of them. Tremendous thinker. He's immense. His idea is so immense. So it is hard to figure out what his thinking is in short uh, studies. He influenced anthropology, psychology, and politics, philosophy, theology. In all areas, Paul completely controlled the thinking of last uh, 2,000 years. But this man never met Jesus. First time he comes out into the scene in the New Testament was in the Acts of Apostles. Chapter 7, when Stephen was stoned to death. First martyr. So let's uh, read uh, that part. But filled with the Holy Spirit, he gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they covered their ears and with a loud shout all rushed together against him. Then they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. His Hebrew name was Saul. And his Greek name was Paul. And this is St. Paul. While they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he died. That was the first time Paul comes out in the New Testament. 
and he was against Christianity. He was following Christians to torture them, uh, arrest them, and kill them. Jesus went up to Jerusalem several times, a few times, and probably Paul was there too. But they never met. Probably they might have just uh, uh, passed by, but they really never sat down and talked about anything. Probably he had a lot of information about Jesus in a negative way. And then Jesus' movement, he saw it because he was part of Pharisee, and then he had a negative attitude towards Jesus. Otherwise, he never met Jesus, and yet he knew most about Jesus, more than any disciples who met Jesus, who saw Jesus, who touched Jesus, who lived with Jesus, who ate with Jesus. All these people, they were right there with Jesus, and yet Paul's understanding of Jesus was much, much more profound than the thought that they had. So some people wonder, is Jesus living on earth same Jesus Paul talking about? Or is it invention of Paul, creation of Paul? This Jesus that Paul is talking about is a new creation that Paul created. So some people uh, are even wondering. And I believe there's the same uh, Jesus. And Paul was deeply influenced by this Jesus living on earth, but in a different way. When he never met Jesus, how did he get to know so much about Jesus? How did he get to know that? And his understanding governed 2,000 years, and that's amazing. So we realize here clearly that our faith is not about seeing. Our knowledge it's not about seeing, touching, examining it. What we see, what we can touch, they are very limited, we realize. They are not everything. We think that that's everything. Oh, if I saw Jesus, I would have believed. No, the faith doesn't come about in that way. Faith is not limited to those who actually met Jesus. Paul was a good example. Paul knew about Jesus more than those disciples who met Jesus physically. So St. Paul said this, for we walk by faith, not by sight. He knew that very clearly. We walk by faith, not by sight. And John was written much later, around 100 years, and he said a similar thing. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are ye those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. It's almost like uh, uh, John had Paul in mind. That for those who have not met Jesus and yet believe, blessed are those. All of, us, all of us are in the same category. 
All of you are in the same category. You, you never met Jesus. And yet, you believe. And that's amazing reality. Amazing spiritual reality. So your faith can be as real as Paul, even without seeing the historical Jesus. So I'll give you uh, time to have discussion together this time. Paul never saw Jesus, and yet he had deeper understanding of Jesus. What does this tell you about your faith, about your life, uh, about spiritual uh, spirituality, uh, basically? So I want you to uh, have a discussion together. talked about faith is a giftedness. Uh, it is something that is given to you. It's not something that you achieve. It is uh, given to you. Uh, and another thing uh, a person said was, uh, we, our faith is so much about third-party Jesus that we know. It's not really we experience Jesus in a real direct way. But somebody else tells me who Jesus is, and I just adopt that and then live my life. Whether it's a minister or friends or whatever, then we live like that. But we want to experience Jesus. We want to Jesus. We want to experience Jesus on our own, kind of thing, like Paul. Okay. So, how about other groups? whatever you discuss, or questions that you have. Yeah? That's a very good point. I think that's exactly Paul was talking about later in Galatians, that, that our faith is not something that comes from within, but our faith comes from outside. That source is spirit. The Holy Spirit guides us and leads us. So we need help from outside. That is kind of idea. Yeah. We cannot do it on our own. Yeah. A very good point. Any other group? Yeah. <laughs> so any other group? Yeah. Mm. 
That's very good. Yeah, very good discussion. Uh, we talked about a little bit too. And Paul was always had a desire and yearning uh, for God. Uh, even though he, when he was mistaken, uh, he had the yearning uh, for God. And that yearning for God, God used to become uh, the apostles. And so there is a, a Korean saying, but even Koreans don't know. Uh, this word uh, very much, but it's a Korean word. It's called jultak dongsi. Jultak dongsi meaning uh, when egg is hatched for mother hen, uh, a packet, and then inside uh, the, uh, the, the baby, when, when it pack it together, when they meet, then it hatches. So uh, God calls first, and then we respond, our yearning responds, and then meet together, and then egg hatches. That is called jultak dongsi. And so our yearning and God's calling meet together, and the world opens up. And the problem is, a lot of times, our yearning becomes problem. <laughs> so how can that really meet? Because in Galatians, that is exactly the issue, that uh, you're yearning to be righteous. You're yearning to be good. You're yearning. Uh, all these things became problem. And how, how is it possible that our yearning and God's calling meet together like an egg that hatches, that meeting point? What is that? That is uh, very uh, important question for all of us, but very good point, yeah. Any other? It's a group discussion, it's okay. <laughs> There's nothing to be embarrassed about or, uh. hmm? Yeah, yeah. This is how we understand uh, better. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So we talked about how because Paul didn't see Jesus, he didn't witness the miracles firsthand, he had to walk through a struggle with things and come to a realization on his own. Whereas the disciples, when you see it, you just see it. You, you see it happening. You're not struggling with anything. Mm. 
Mm. That, that's a really good point too. So if you're, uh, if you're born in Christian family, sometimes you just adopt it. So you don't even struggle. You don't even question. But Paul had to go through all these struggles. That, that struggle was different from uh, uh, disciples. So faith is not something that you just have it once and then finish it. It is something, uh, it's, uh, something to do with continuous struggle to get to know God more closely, more intimately. And then as you get to know Christ more deeply, you can get to know yourself more deeply. They go together. Understanding God and understanding yourself, they go together. Uh, and it's healthy spirituality in that way. Yeah. Good. Other? How about that group? Yeah, that, that's a very good point. Like, Paul was a very well-educated person as a man of letter, uh, and he knew all about, but really the experience on the road to Damascus, that did not really give him all the knowledge. It is just triggering factor. And once he opened his eyes, all other things, it's almost like a chemical reaction within it happened. And then when that uh, was opened up, that, uh, that, that triggered, then all these things came to understanding of proper understanding of God and proper understanding of Christ. So somehow that little triggering thingy, that itself did not change him, but that triggering thingy just uh, completely changed him around. That's a very good point. Okay. So we studied four Gospels, but you have to read Bible in a reverse way because Paul's letters were written first before all the Gospels were written. Paul's uh, God, uh, the, uh, letters were written uh, in the 50s uh, and 60s, uh, early earliest gospel was 68. That is gospel Mark. 
And then 70 is a very important, because on 70, uh, the Israel, uh, Israelites were completely destroyed. Temple was destroyed. Romans came in and invaded. Whole. And then uh, Gospel Mark was written just before that. And all other Gospels were written after that. Paul's writing, Paul's letters were all written in the 50s and 60s. So it's not that Paul had these Gospels in his hand to write these letters. Paul was the first one who wrote about Jesus. And then these Gospel writers, they believed that they were influenced by Paul's writing. Especially uh, Gospel Luke was influenced, and the Acts of Apostle uh, were influenced by Paul. And then uh, Mark was uh, uh, was called kind of a memoir of Peter. But when you really look at uh, Gospel Mark, uh, his theology was very much influenced by Paul's theology. So uh, Paul's writing influenced all four gospel writers uh, in some ways, and all other Christians. And then all the Jewish thinking somehow disappeared after Paul. And only Paul's writing became dominant. Paul's theology became dominant. Paul's understanding of Jesus became dominant uh, in the end. And then it lasts last 2,000 years. Um, Paul called himself the apostle, but according to Luke, Paul did not fit for being an apostle because the definition of apostles are those who were with Jesus, who saw Jesus, who lived with Jesus. So only 12 disciples, they were the apostles. But call, Paul called himself apostle. And that became problem. Paul's apostleship became problems. And a lot of other Jewish, there was a tension between Paul and Jerusalem leaders. Ultimately, Paul was on his own. He was separated from all the Jewish leaders of Jerusalem. And then the people from Jerusalem uh, said to uh, the Galatian people, Paul is not an apostle. Nobody sent him. He's not an apostle. So his apostleship was challenged and questioned. But Paul believed that even before he was born, he was called to be an apostle. So he calls himself as a kind of 13th apostle. And this is what he said. But when God, who had set me apart before I was born and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me so that I might proclaim him among the Gentiles. So he was called before he was born. So in other words, what he's saying is, you know, all 12 disciples were called by Jesus, but I was called before them, by God. <laughs> so before the, the, those uh, the 12 disciples were called, I was called. That's what he's saying, uh, basically. So uh, he's saying James was called to uh, preach the gospel to Jews in Jewish land, 
And then Peter was called to preach the gospel to uh, the, the proselytes. Oh, no, I mean uh, diaspora, the Jews abroad. And then I was called to preach the gospel to the rest of the world. <laughs> That's basically uh, uh, what he was saying. And then actually, that became true. He's, he, he saw himself, he believed that through Jesus, new age came. And he was the one who announced the new age. He was like a prophet, like Isaiah or Jeremiah, who announced the coming of the new age. And so when you look at Isaiah 49, listen to me. This is what Isaiah is saying. Listen to me, O coastlands. Pay attention, you peoples from far away. The Lord called me before I was born, while I was in my mother's womb. He named me. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hit me. He made me a polished arrow. In his quiver, he hit me away. And he said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I'll be glorified. Like Isaiah, Isaiah kind of tradition. When you look at Jeremiah, same thing. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nation. So uh, he, he believed that. He was carrying on that prophetic tradition. But, but on, on, until that time, there, there was no such thing as Christians, right? And they are all Jews. And Paul did not really call himself Christian either. He uh, was calling himself like a, a faithful Jew, who uh, really, uh, at that time, only Ju Judaism uh, there. And then he believed that he was also called to be a prophet, to be like a prophet for the new age, this uh, Messiah, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, uh, brought. So he believed that uh, Jesus was fulfillment of the Old Testament scripture, and he was one who completed what Jesus started. Jesus started, but he only uh, did uh, uh, preach the gospel to the Jewish people in Jewish land, mostly. And he's the one who fulfilled to the rest of the world. So when you look at uh, Abraham, so Abraham was very important to uh, Paul, so uh, I will look at uh, Abraham. Now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I'll make of you a great nation and I'll bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and the one who curses you, I will curse. And then last sentence is very important. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you. So that is the beginning of the promise. That is the beginning of Jewish land, Jewish nation. God called Abraham, and then through you, all families of the earth will be blessed. And that was God's ultimate plan. And Jesus started the movement when he came. And Jesus came to do that. He started the movement, and it was Paul who finished it. That's what he believed. So he's almost like a second Christ. 
He's almost like uh, he's understanding uh, what Jesus started, he completed it. So Paul had a deeper understanding of Jesus than anybody else. Gospel uh, writers, they were interested in who was Jesus, who Jesus was. But Paul was interested in what Jesus meant to the world. That was what Paul was interested in. In gospel writers, who was Jesus was a question. But Paul, who Jesus means to the world. What Jesus means to the world. That was uh, Paul's uh, agenda. That's why Paul was not interested in historical Jesus on earth. He never quotes Jesus' teaching. He never talks about Jesus' baptism. He never talks about uh, anything else. He's not at all interested in life of Jesus on earth. No miracle stories. No exorcisms. No healing story. No birth story. Paul doesn't mention any of these things in the letters. Jesus was just born and died and resurrected. That's all he talk, talks about. That's why in, when you look at Paul's letters, the name Jesus alone is used only 11 times. Only 11 times. But Christ, title Christ was used 250 times. I mean, Jesus, name Jesus is only 11 times, he uh, says, alone. Because he was not interested in Jesus on earth. He was more interested in Christ resurrected. Not historical Jesus on earth, but Christ, the exalted Christ resurrected 250 times. And that Jesus Christ or Lord Jesus Christ 100 times and just Lord 100 times. But Jesus, only uh, the name Jesus, he uses only 11 times. Let's look at one example of what Paul said. I have been Christ, I have been crucified, not with Jesus. I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. To Paul, historical Jesus is gone. He came, he died. But now, what he experiences every day is a living Christ who is resurrected and exalted. So th th that's why he says this. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. So historical Jesus on earth is kind of passed away. Now, living Christ, exalted, resurrected, that Christ is here with us. That's why he didn't feel the need 
of learning anything from the disciples. He didn't feel that, because you saw Jesus, but I don't need to hear anything from you. I don't need to hear, uh, learn anything from you. His understanding of Jesus did not come from the apostles in Jerusalem. He didn't learn anything from them. So, so he didn't even meet them right after he was converted. When he met Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, immediately he went to Arabia instead of going to Jerusalem and meeting uh, the, the disciples. For three years, three years is a long time, three years he didn't even go up to Jerusalem. After three years, he went to Jerusalem, and he only met Peter and James, only those two. And then he went back, only after 14 years later, he went up to Jerusalem again and met all of the disciples. So he's saying that, you know, last, uh, those three, uh, three years, I just learned everything from Christ directly. Not from disciples or apostles. So I'll read it for you. For I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel that was proclaimed by me is not of human origin. For I did not receive it from a human source. That means uh, disciples. Nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. So he received all this knowledge, which is more profound than disciples' understanding of Jesus. That knowledge came through revelation, through the living Christ who was exalted and resurrected. Around 37 A.D., he had this mystical experience. He met the risen Christ. And that, after that, he continuously received the revelation from Christ directly. The risen Christ revealed that knowledge to him. So to him, Christ was very much alive. Christ was not a history. Christ was present reality, living reality. To him, every day, he was meeting this risen Christ. So not any more memory of the historical Jesus, like a disciples, but the living encounter of the living Christ, right here and right now. So being a Christian to Paul was having this intimate relationship with Christ. It's, it's almost like Christ is in me, I'm in Christ. Mystical union occurred. It's not really going to church. It's not just, just being part of a member of a, a one church. It is meeting Christ in a mystical union, communion with Christ. That's why he said, it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, 
In the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So, having this mystical union, Paul experienced not just once on the road to Damascus. He was continuously experiencing this living Christ. He even went up to the third heaven and he calls it paradise. And then he was living his life in intimate connection with Christ. And that is what it means to be a Christian. Having that intimate connection with Christ. So he was able to listen to living Christ. Listening is not just listening syllables. Listening with your ears. Listening is not just listening to concepts you already know. Listening is always revelation to Paul. Due thoughts, due understanding of God. And then he had so much of this understanding of Christ. I mean, it's a mystery how he got all those knowledges because nobody else had it about salvation, about forgiveness, about righteousness, everything. Where did he get all this knowledge? Because there was no writing of any sort of this. He received it from revelation, divine revelation. His life was just full of understanding. Every day he was filled with joy of discovering this new revelation about life, about himself, about God. That's how he lived. And you can see all of that in Paul's writings, Paul's letters. That's why one-third of New Testament is about Paul. He filled New Testament. And he governed 2,000 years of thinking of people, not just Christians, but non-Christians, everybody, civilization, 2,000 years. All your thinking about God and uh, the, 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 uh, the theological language is all from Paul. Somehow we cannot even get out of it because his thinking was so deeply, profoundly uh, 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 with us. You got it? Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it amazing? Huh? Goosebump? When I studied, it's goosebump. It gives me goosebump. Right? Wow. Who is this person? Yeah. 
And that's very, I mean, Caroline, your mother said the same thing to me <laughs> on Friday, Tuesday Bible study. <laughs> Tuesday Bible study. That, oh, is he egotistical? You know? <laughs> I mean, yes, we can say that he's egotistical, but his egoism is everything. Is there an empty egoism? We'll find out. <laughs> right? I mean, that's all about Paul. Like, oh, he's egotistical, whatever, but no content. Right? But at the same time, Paul is saying, I don't know myself. I try to do what is good, but I'm doing exactly opposite of the good that I want to do. The evil, I keep doing it. He was very honest about himself. Before he met Christ, he could not say things like that. But after he met Christ, he was able to say things like that. That's not an egotistical statement. So when you look at Paul, you cannot really put him in a one kind of uh, bowl. He's too big to be able to do that. Uh, so at one point, he looks really egotistical. Uh, like, for example, in Galatians, I'm going to cut off your organ, the male organ. <laughs> he was really angry and upset about this, this circumcision, right? So, yeah, I mean, very right, uh, strong language. So at one point, he looks, uh, he says very egotistically. But another sense, he was very true about himself, honest about himself. So, I mean, we can study all his letters, but I'm not capable. I'm not capable of doing that, and I don't have time to uh, be able to do that. So I just chose one uh, letter, that is Galatians. And through Galatians, what was Paul's thinking about Jesus? That's what I'm um, trying to explore with you. To get this wonderful man, uh, this controversial man, uh, and I'd like to study with you that what his thought about Jesus was through his letter. So I'm not going to deal with issues, but when he deals with issues, he's thinking about Jesus governed, controlled, the, the way he deals with issues. And I'm trying to get to that lens through which he saw Jesus. Uh, so... That is the journey that we are going to have next eight years. I'm not here. <laughs> eight, eight weeks? Eight weeks? I mean, actually, eight years is not enough, all right? But we will do that in eight weeks. So we'll try our best to understand Paul a little better and Paul's world and Paul's thinking. Okay? Now, uh, last question. Uh, uh, what does it mean to be a Christian? And when you're a Christian, according to Paul's definition, what will happen to you? Uh, so th those are questions that uh, uh, we have about, uh, we, we do all, until nine, right? So uh, you have some time uh, to have discussion and then uh, we'll together, maybe up to uh, 10 to, uh, you discuss together, at 10 to we'll do, uh, wrap up together, okay? Mm. Mm. 
Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Anybody else? After KSM Bible study, one man came to me. Reverend, my world is open now. <laughs> he said, <laughs> my world is open now. Anybody else? About being a Christian? So in the modern world, it's really difficult. We talked about how difficult it is to be a Christian, according to Paul's concept, uh, definition. It's all about brain. It's all here, rather than really experiencing that being in tune with Christ. We are so out of sync with God. We are so out of sync. So we need to be in tune uh, with God, with Christ again. Everything else becomes just, we don't even care. Just because we are not in touch with the Spirit in some ways in our lives, many times. And then we do a lot of good things thinking that that will be, that will make us better Christians rather than being in tune uh, with God, with Christ, yeah. Anybody else? Share some thoughts to help the community? Okay, so... With that in mind, uh, we'll look at uh, Galatians, and next week uh, I'm going to talk about who Paul was, uh, from what he wrote, uh, from his uh, letters, uh, and then we'll study chapter 1 of Galatians. And then read chapter 1 with our lecture in mind today. and then read through what he's saying. Uh, uh, you will have a better understanding. Uh, so uh, we'll study chapter one. But not whole chapter we're going to uh, exit or study, but just how Jesus is uh, revealed uh, in that uh, chapter one uh, through Paul. Okay? Simon? Simon?